the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a beautiful day. Let us pray together. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you, we honor you, and we thank you, Lord, for just who you are and what you've done for us. We ask, O Lord, that this program would be from you, that it would be your words, your heart, and that you would draw people closer to yourself And so, Father, we look forward to how you're going to work, not only during this program, but this week, that we would see signs and wonders and miracles, because you are a miracle-working God. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, first off, I'd like to thank everybody who uh, supports the Heart of Messiah radio program, both uh, with your prayers and with your finances. It's it's just really a blessing to have you on board. And uh, looking at the 2019 finances, I realized that we fell behind. And in order to stay on the radio, it's important to turn this around. So if you would like to bless us with a financial gift or even pledges, uh, we would appreciate it if you call Karen at 813-831-5673. She'll handle your gift, or you can give online at heartofmessiah.org. So coming up on April 12th, Sunday at 4 p.m., we are having our Tampa Community Passover Seder. And we'd love for you to join us, but there are not that many seats this year. So if you want to come, I'm going to suggest for two reasons that you make your reservations by tomorrow, the latest. Now, first of all, 
You can make your reservation online. We'd prefer that. Go to shoreshdavid.org and click on events and then register. <coughs> or you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. Now, Monday, March 16th, is the last day, which is tomorrow, that you can get early registration discount. So the discounted price is $35 for adults and $15 for the children, 4 to 10. And after March 16th, the cost goes up to $40 an adult and $20 a child. So for more information again, call Karen, 813-831-5673. Love to have you there. We only have 180 seats, so I'm not thinking that uh, it'll be possible to get reservations after about next week. So uh, call tomorrow or go online today. Today, we'll look at something uh, that is based on the current holiday. This past week was Purim, and so we're going to look at anti-Semitism, which is really a pretty hot topic in Congress and on college campuses, and it's a key um, to our celebration of Purim, a celebration because anti-Semitism didn't win. And uh, it is because of being a chosen people by God that we are under attack. And Hasatan, and when I say Hasatan, uh, that would be referring to Satan or the devil, uses anti-Semitism as his weapon, hoping for our extermination for that we would just be gone. So what is anti-Semitism? Let's take a look at it for a second. It's hostility or discrimination against Jews as a religious or racial group. And the term anti-Semitism was coined in 1879 by a German, let's call him an agitator, <laughs> Wilhelm Marr, to uh, designate the anti-Jewish campaigns under war that was happening in Central Eu Europe at that time. Now, I understand that the word Semite or Semitic uh, can be a description of anyone from the Middle East. I get that. However, the use of this word uh, anti-Semitism is almost always referring to Jewish people. So anti-Semitism is the belief or behavior that is against Jews just because they're Jewish. It may take the form of religious teachings that say that the Jews are inferior or, or that the Jews killed Yeshua or political efforts to isolate or oppress or to injure Jews. It may also include prejudice or stereotypes. So being against the Jewish people dates, well, it dates far back into ancient times. It's the beginning of the Jewish history. From early days of the Bible, Jews were criticized, sometimes punished for their efforts to remain a separate social and religious group. And one that refused to adopt the values of the way of life of non-Jewish societies in which they lived. 
So the holiday of Purim from the book of Esther is an example of overcoming anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, though, nothing has changed in thousands of years, as we see in our current Congress, on our college campuses, throughout the world, the spirit of anti-Semitism, unfortunately, is alive and well. So why is there uh, anti-Semitism? Why? Let's look at Purim and the Book of Esther and we can kind of get a sense of what's going on here. Here's a quick summary. The book of Esther begins with Queen Vashti. Yes, she was snubbing uh, King Ahasuerus. Uh, He requested that she come to a party. Because of her lack of obedience, the king got rid of her, and now he needed a new queen. So Esther, a Jewish orphan, was raised by her cousin Mordecai, After a year of beautification of many young women, the king chose Esther to be his queen as she won his favor. Uh, Mordecai helps uncover a plot to kill the king, allowing Esther to warn the king. When Mordecai refuses to bow down to Haman, the evil counselor of the king, Haman, plots to murder all the Jews in the Persian Empire because... Obviously, Mordecai was Jewish, and nobody knew at this point that Esther was Jewish. Now, the word Purim means lots, and it refers to like a lottery that Haman used to choose the date of the massacre. Now, the king at this point, as I mentioned, doesn't know that the queen's Jewish and agrees to Haman's plot. When Mordecai tells Esther of the plot, she calls a fast for three days before visiting the king. Esther's worried that the king will execute her for visiting uh, him without him calling her. Uh, That was the tradition in those days. However, the king is pleased and offers to give her whatever she wants. So she asks the king to join Haman and her for a banquet the next day. Then Esther asks for another banquet on the following day. Meanwhile, Haman's building these gallows to hang Mordecai. The king, who remembered that Mordecai saved his life, orders Haman to honor Mordecai and lead him in a parade through the town. Haman was not happy about this at all. At the second banquet, Esther asks the king to punish Haman for trying to kill her and her people. The king agrees, and Haman and his ten sons died on the same gallows that were built for Mordecai. The Jews of Persia massacre all of Haman's agents and supporters. Mordecai is made the king, the king's new counselor, and Purim becomes a celebration for all generations. That is the short version. There you go. And we thank the Lord for keeping his promise that Israel would be a nation before him as long as there is a sun, a moon, and stars in the sky. We'll look at that later, but that's Jeremiah 31, 34, and 35. So on Purim, um, Our Purim uh, service celebrates the Lord and all that he's done for us in the past, and we're blessed by what he does for us in the present, and we're excited about what he will do for us in the future. But the story of Esther keeps repeating 
even in the church, there's been lots of anti-Semitism. Jewish people have been accused of killing Yeshua based on a misuse of Matthew 27, 5, which says, His blood be on us and on our children. And this has been referred to as the blood curse, and for some reason, it's only for the Jewish people, <laughs> not the others. But at any rate, uh, the Jewish biblical scholar Amy Le- uh, Jill Levine said that this passage has caused more Jewish suffering throughout history than any other in the New Testament. Now, in the early church, as an example, some of the church fathers were manipulated by the lies of Hasatan. For example, St. John Chrysostom, uh, who spoke on truth and love, also said the synagogue is worse than a brothel. It is the den of scoundrels and the repairer of wild beasts, a place of the meetings for the assassins of Christ, a den of thieves, the refuge of devils. He also proclaimed his hatred of the Jews and told them, God hates you. Okay. All right. I know that this might surprise some of you, but Martin Luther also wrote terrible things about the Jews in the latter portion of his life. In the beginning, he was very pro-Jewish, but when they weren't accepting Yeshua as their Messiah, somehow something switched. And, And here's an example. I mean, I feel awful reading this because I know how revered Martin Luther is in the church. But this is just one paragraph and not the worst of what he said about the Jews. So this is a quote. I wish and I ask that our rulers who have Jewish subjects exercise a sharp mercy toward these wretched people, as suggested above, to see whether this might not help, though it's doubtful. They must act like a good physician who, when gangrene has set in, proceeds without mercy to cut, saw, and burn flesh, veins, bone, and marrow. Such a procedure must also be followed in this instance. Burn down their synagogues, forbid all that I enumerated earlier, force them to work, deal harshly with them, as Moses did in the wilderness, slaying 3,000 lest the whole people perish. They surely do not know what they're doing. Moreover, as people possessed, they do not wish to know it, hear it, or learn it. There... There it would be wrong to be merciful and confirm them in their conduct. In this, If this does not help, we must drive them out like mad dogs so that we might not become partakers in, of their abominable blasphemy and all their other vices and thus merit God's wrath and be damned with them. I have done my duty. Now let everyone see to this. I am exonerated. Wow. Now, as I said, I didn't read the worst. (laughs) So I'll just leave that for your imagination. Dr. Michael Brown, who many of you I'm sure are familiar with, one of his books was called Our Hands Are Stained with Blood. And it describes the anti-Semitism in the church. 
He quotes Raoul Hilberg, a former scholar of the Holocaust, since the fourth century after Christ, there have been three anti-Jewish policies, forced conversion, expulsion, and annihilation. The second appeared as an alternative to the first, and the third emerged as an alternative to the second. The missionaries of Christianity had said, in effect, you have no right to live among us as Jews. The secular rulers who followed proclaimed, you have no right to live among us. And the Nazis at last decreed, you have no right to live. The process began with the attempt to drive the Jews into Christianity. Oh, I know this is heavy. So let's look at why does anti-Semitism exist? I mean, why, why does it even exist? Consider it's possible because God made promises to the Jewish people. So let's see what the promises were and why that would promote anti-Semitism. Genesis 12.2 says, I'll make you a great nation, I'll bless you, make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, I'll bless those who bless you, the ones who curse you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God promises to make the Jewish people a, uh, have a great name, be a great nation, will be blessed, blessed, um, and they'll bless people who bless them. So then God made the Jews, his chosen people, a nation and a faith that comes from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, For you are a holy people to Adonai, your God. From all the peoples of the face of the earth, Adonai, your God, has chosen you to be his treasured people. Deuteronomy 14.2 says you are a holy people to Adonai your God from all the peoples on the face of the earth. Adonai has chosen you to be his treasured people. Now, no doubt <laughs> the idea of being a chosen people by God causes an emotional response. There are few concepts in religion that are more emotionally loaded and more emotionally misunderstood. If you're Jewish, the idea of chosen people probably feels very uncomfortable, perhaps even offensive or divisive and outdated. It's a claim of superiority, which has been at the root of anti-Semitism. This is why the idea of chosenness has been removed by some of the modern Jewish denominations. Or you may feel proud pointing to the extraordinary achievement of Jews and the very fact that Jews have miraculously survived for thousands of years in spite of constant persecution and attempts at annihilation. And if you're not Jewish, the idea that God chose the Jews sounds like a claim that somehow God loves Jews better than others and has been giving them special treatment. Maybe you understand Jewishness, uh, chosenness as an outdated, broken covenant or uh, holding a position until a future time when Judaism will no longer be needed. 
And for those people who insist on looking at religion as inherently divisive and anti-rational, the idea of the chosen people is seen as proof of the danger of religious doctrine and as undermining any attempts at reconciliation. So all of these responses, however, demonstrate a misunderstanding of the idea of chosenness and how God sees the Jewish people. The Jewish concept of the chosen people is not a badge of superiority and separation. Quite the contrary. Jewish chosenness by God is a humble call to action and responsibility. Jews are chosen much as one may say to a child, the room needs cleaning and I've chosen you to do the work. (laughs) You are my chosen child. In this way, all people are chosen for something, obviously. Jews specifically have been chosen to or have chosen to be of service to others so that the world may be a better place. In Luke 12, 48, it says in this way, to whom much is given, much is required. But more importantly... The Jewish people were chosen to guard the word of God in order that the world would receive it. So Romans 3, 2 says, then, what is the advantage of being Jewish or what is the benefit of circumcision? Verse 2, much in every way, first of all, they were entrusted with the sayings of God. So when God entrusts you, you try and do what God has asked you to do, which is keep it for the future generations. Then God solidified his promise to the Jewish people in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four. Thus says Adonai, who gives the sun as the light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars as a light by night, who stirs up the sea so its waves roar, Adonai Tzivaot is his name. Only if this fixed order departs from before me, it is a declaration of Adonai, then also might Israel's offspring cease from being a nation before me for all time. This means that God is saying that there will always be Jewish people around despite, despite their small numbers and the efforts to destroy them, because as long as there's a sun, a moon, and the stars, there'll be Jewish people before the Lord. Now, other promises include um, Leviticus 23, where it says that those holy days are going to be celebrated forever. And finally, Jeremiah 31:30 says, Behold, the days are coming. It's a declaration of the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Judah. And the house of Israel. So God is promising a new covenant. And there are many other promises. However, this last promise to the Jewish people is that God will give them a new covenant. And obviously that new covenant is Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. And Yeshua will overcome whom? Right? He will overcome Hasatan, the devil, right? The enemy. And so the enemy has a lot to lose here. He sees that his end is coming and that it's tied up 
in the promises of Israel. And I can't believe I have to stop right there, but I will start again next week with uh, a continuation of this topic. I think you'll find it extremely interesting. Um, So just to remind you that tomorrow will be the last day to get the discounted pricing for our community Passover Seder. Uh, it's at the Embassy Suites uh, the on West Shore. So uh, call Karen, 813-831-5673. She'll give you the pricing, the information. Uh, it begins at 4 p.m. on that Sunday. We'd love for you to come. Uh, I want you to consider supporting this radio program. It would really bless us, especially at this time. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer together. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.